White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence, spelled backwards, 2-3 for Robin Ventura or Jonathan Lucroy, whichever one you want. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, Instagram, all those good places. And the show, Locked On Sox, is... Uh, the place you can follow us at Locked On Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there, subscribe, hit the notifications bell because we're going to be sending out prize packs to those after every hundredth subscriber we get. So you might be the lucky person next to get a Locked On Socks prize pack. With no further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing today, Chris? Oh, doing just great. It's Friday, Herb. We made it. Mm. It's a it's a feel good, fast, fun Friday here, and uh, we're inching closer and closer to the beginning of the regular uh, championship season. And uh, in today's episode, episode one eighty three, creeping up towards two hundred, uh, Tonka Truck took the bump today. And uh, Herb may have a new spirit animal. And also, Sox fans, you guys, we may be the drunkest in all of baseball. Uh, so let's start here with a little recap of what went down today in Scottsdale. The uh, the Sox still have not found their way into the win column yet this spring. The Bill Walton Sox win button literally collecting dust all offseason. <laughs> um, and the Sox, they're, they're now uh, in Cactus League play. They are 0-3-2. and um, you know, let's just, you know, they're, they're the, the Sox, they're a clutch team. They, they like to score late and come back, come back later in ball games with these seven inning games. They're all out of whack here, obviously, clearly, uh, but they lose three to one today and they are the only winless team in the cactus league. Uh, before we move on here, Herb, any concerns here that the Sox do not have a win yet in the Tony La Russa era, you're going to see, Hey, the last time they, Tony La Russa won with the Sox was eight, 1986. <laughs> so any concerns with what's going on here? No concerns, but they kept on telling me that Tony hates to lose. He's a winner, <laughs> even in these practice games. Come on, Tony, get the team ready to play. No, I don't care. I don't really care uh, in this practice games. They close out innings in the middle of it when the guy gets 20 pitches on the other side. Uh, they close out games. They call it rolling, right? They, that's, yeah. the, that's the hot term is rolling. They keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, but they don't roll. They, like, they just stops. Like, they, yeah. they don't resume like where they were with people on base the next half inning or the next time you go up to bat, it's over. So rolling is uh, the wrong term. But, yeah, it's practice games. So I don't really care about the record. As long as Tony and the guys are feeling like they're getting in their work necessary for opening day, smooth. Yeah, I, I would agree, but I think it's uh, important to note this because what if we're sitting here a week from today and all of a sudden they still don't have a win yet? So let's just let's we'll, we'll keep it right there. I, I'm in agreement with you right now. Uh, uh, just a couple of things that happened today. 
Uh, Sox only mustered five hits today, and uh, Andrew Vaughn got a hit. Adam Engel, Mike Rodolfo, excuse me, Mick Rodolfo, uh, Jonathan Lucroy, they all got base hits today. Leori Garcia with the lone run batted in for the Sox. Uh, a nice job for the pitching staff today. Uh, scoreless innings from Evan Marshall, Cody Hur, uh, and uh, Ryan Burr. And also uh, Lance Lynn started today with three strikeouts and two innings pitched. And uh, we were talking before uh, the show here this evening, uh, you know, just talking about wh- how we're going to close out the week and what we're going to talk about for our first segment uh, if there was nothing of note to come out of this spring game, which there wasn't really, except uh, the post game. Herb, you, you alerted me to something that you enjoyed very much. We've got two pieces of audio here from Lance Lynn in the post game Zoom that you found particularly uh, entertaining, and as did I once I once I got a chance to listen to them. Yeah, I like my verbose White Sox players. Like, who doesn't like Paul Canerco giving a long answer to a question that's well thought out and well reasoned? I love that from Paul Canerco. That's one of the reasons I did like him because he was a great player, and then also would give you a very cerebral answer. Lance Lynn is not playing games. Ask your 20, 30 second questions. He'll just get to the point. And that's what I love about him. Just short, quick, and to the point. And if he needs to go a little bit longer, you know, he had a 30 second answer to one question that was in particular decent. But if you're going to ask a question that's leading him, he's like, nope, I'm right here. This is my answer. No nonsense. I'm here just because I have to. And I'm out. So I call him Tonka Truck. You remember what Dallas Keuchel said about him? He's a big dude. I call him Tonka Truck. I mean, he's he's. I mean, he's up there with Giolito. He's 6'5", 250. I mean, he's just a, a hoss. He's a, he's a horse. Hoss. Uh, so here's Lance Lynn uh, responding to a very well-thought-out question by Chuck Garfine, and uh, he, he didn't have much of an answer. Take a listen to this. Hey Lance, uh, the, the Giants put a bunch of lefties in the lineup against you. Do you, Is that something you actually want to see early on, a lot of lefties to you know work against uh, you this early in the spring? No, I don't care who's in the box. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Is there any other question for Lance? <laughs> <laughs> huh? any, any more questions for Lance? No. Uh, oh, there were a couple more. We'll get to the next one that Bruce had the follow up. But yeah, I have. To, you got to love that. I don't know if he's if he's also in spring training mode for his uh, post game press conferences. But this guy's not going to be a media darling, and that's okay. Like this guy's going to be rock solid in the middle of your rotation. Probably a guy that's going to be overlooked this year because Keuchel's a character, and he's like you know the leader of the pitching staff and Giolito, of course, the dominant ace. But Lance Lynn is a guy that's just been doing this for like a decade in baseball, and we wonder how he does it, and he goes under the radar, and it's because of stuff like that in the post-game press conference. Yeah, and one of the other answers he gave, and not the one to Bruce, is that he wanted to go back out there. The, the two innings wasn't enough for him. He was like, Ugh, you know, I told him, I asked him to go back out there, but they're like, no, you can't go back out there. The guy just wants to throw. The guy just wants to be out there playing baseball. And he was really pissed. And we were talking about it earlier about the spring training. He's like, yeah, can we play a full game? Can we play baseball? Can we get nine innings in? He's mad about these seven inning games, these 21 or these 20 pitches per half inning type of garbage. Lance Lynn is like, let's play baseball. Let's get these garbage games out of here. And if I'm out there to pitch, I'm out there to pitch until I'm done. Not no damn two innings. I like it. I like the mentality. Yeah, that is a mentality, no doubt, that no matter when you have the ball, like you are in total command 
of everyone in that ballpark on that day. Like it's 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 your show out there, and no matter if it's like a spring game in the Cactus League or it's like you know a World Series game, it's 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 all on you out there on the mound. So I do love that. That is something that you can't really turn or on or off. If you're a competitor, which I really enjoyed that, but here's the follow-up: Bruce uh, Levine of the Score, our guy Bruce, had the uh, had the uh, luxury of following up Chuck Garfine's question there with uh, with one of his own. Lance, uh, you know your durability is something that uh, is pretty well known. Uh, the ability to pitch a lot of innings, stay strong. What what consistency have you been able to develop over the years as far as? Uh, your your work program do you throw every day is there a long toss in there is there the the old maddox glavin uh, smoltz routine of every throwing every day even softly is a good idea uh yeah i've always been a thrower but uh to be honest with you i'm just a big person so it comes easy <laughs> I can't, you know, Bruce with a very well thought out question, well cited, oh. sourced, you know, uh, hist- historical reference for context. And Lance Lynn is just like, yeah, I'm just a big person. <laughs> yeah, I just throw. Leave me alone. And, like he seems like, you remember like kind of how simple, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, but like simple how Roy Halladay was. When yeah. he got a certain level, I think the Houston owner gave him like a, a backhoe or a tractor roy oswalt yeah you say the wrong you said halliday you're mixing up your roys again you're always mixing up your roys on this show yeah roy oswalt yeah yeah oswalt like it just seemed like that's what he wanted and that's what lance lynn seems like he's like and mark burley's the same way like just give me the ball shut up and let me do my thing all i want to do is play ball with my boys go home maybe fish hunt a little bit and then chill out with the boys and drink a couple that's it. Don't be coming up here with your QT questions. I'm going to answer like I need to answer it. And he's like, yeah, I like to throw because I'm big and I can. <laughs> I, I like it, man. Like you, you dig this guy. I dig him too. Like that's kind of like the way I approach my job and pretty much anything in life. Like I, I'm not one for the, the pomp and circumstance and the frills of like, you know, uh, you know, the process and show meetings and just like anything i just want to just do whatever the task is i just want to do it whether it's going to work every day or mowing the lawn or whatever i just want to go out there and do it and and be done with it and do it do it do the job well and keep it moving you know what i mean so, show I think, meetings. <laughs> so that's just something a quality that i admire in lance lynn i think we're gonna like that's gonna be like one of the sneaky things to follow on this show i think throughout the season is like listening to lance lynn after the days that he pitches like i'm looking forward to that but uh, uh, coming up in the next segment here, uh, the Sox fans, you guys may be the drunkest in all of baseball, and there may be some data to prove it. We'll be back after a short time out here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college hoops, and the NHL are in full swing. Plus, MLB futures are right there for you at BetOnline.ag. We're going to do a show, I think maybe this week. We keep pushing it back, but there's so much news going around here in baseball. Uh, We'll give you our futures edition of Lockdown White Sox with the odds incorporated from BetOnline.ag. They've got you covered from award shows, uh, TV shows, and even reality TV. There's updated odds in real time and props on almost anything you can imagine. Herb, I know you're one who likes to dabble in uh, online investing. What are some of the things you're looking at here to sort of uh, bridge the gap between football and baseball season? Well, I don't like to bet on my own teams. Like I told you with betonline.ag, you can bet on the Illini. This is 
a different service than the ones that you hear uh, broadcasting locally. BetOnline.ag is offshore, so you can bet on the Illini if you really want to. And in this regard, I'm going to go to their MLB futures. While they have the White Sox at over-under of a 90-and-a-half wins, I'm not going to touch that because it's too close to my number, and also I'll be betting with my heart. So I go to the team that I hate the most. It's the Minnesota Twins with a over-under of 85-and-a-half wins. I think the Minnesota Twins are going to be better than that. So if I wanted to, I'd go to betonline.ag and bet the over 85, 88 and a half wins for the Minnesota Twins at negative 115. Uh, $100 to win me, 100, $115 to win me $100. I'm going to be doing that on betonline.ag. Absolutely. And then I hedge my bets right there, Tanny. So when the White Sox do stuff it up the Twins' ass, at least I'm like, all right, the White Sox won. But if the Twins somehow become the Twins and do the Twin things, at least I made some money, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's no better place to do it than on betonline.ag. Uh, head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Hello. Jim, it's Tony. You crazy? It's 9.30 at night. Not crazy, happy. Thought you might want to join me for a smooth bush beer. We just want a big one. Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill locked on White Sox. We're covering everything you need to know about the Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe today to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, Herb. So I know that uh, you had to have seen this uh, this study that came out today. Uh, it's it's this is one of those things that gets circulated throughout sports media, and I'm sure you guys have saw you know seen this uh, floated around online on Twitter yesterday. But uh, it, it, it's worth noting here. This is from uh, well, uh, this is a very reputable publication here. Of course, it's NewJerseyOnlineGambling.com. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you said it was a liberal rag uh, on the last episode. Uh, but I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I just I'm, I forgot they're just neutral guys. They're just sports. No right, no left. <laughs> exactly. So New Jersey Online Gambling came out with a study, uh, and this is his, this is how they conducted their study uh, from January 27th to February 17th, 2021. We surveyed. 2,631 self-reporting Major League Baseball fans who are over the age of 21 from around the country. Fans were asked how many alcoholic beverages they typically consume while watching a baseball game, as well as how much they typically spend on alcoholic beverages while watching a baseball game. And uh, I don't want to sound like clickbait here, but the results may surprise you. Um, 58 of the respondents were male and 42% were female. The average age of respondents was 36 years old. So probably right in our demo here, if you're listening to the show, that's like right in our wheelhouse age range right there. Um, so let's just start from the bottom with the one that really surprised me at the very bottom of the list. I won't go through every single major league team, but the Philadelphia Phillies uh, fans averaging only 2.4 drinks a game, and they only spend an average about 23 bucks on alcohol per game. I think more so than the number one team on the list, who you can probably guess who it is by now, but being at the very bottom of the list for Philly, the reputation that they have, that was the most surprising to me about this list. Oh, yes. I was... I think about Philly and I think about the drunk fan 
like everybody, the Eagles. It's on their state flag. <laughs> exactly. It's and I. This is you know we've already talked about it. It's non scientific, and so I, I call shenanigans on that one in particular. Yeah, there's shenanigans all over it. Twenty three dollars on alcohol? Are you kidding me? I know that stadium is probably. $12 per beer. So there's no way they're just getting two brews and bouncing. Yeah, absolutely not. You know, and look, Philly is notorious for throwing batteries at Santa Claus. They're not, you know famous for having the, the jail inside of uh, the old vet, I think it was. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they literally a jail inside the stadium. Uh, because Wendell the, Davis's uh, knees are there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah, so Philly, I, I'm not buying this. Like, I'm not buying a lot about this study. It's These things are made. I'm not, like... I don't believe that they actually like did their research like they said they did. Like, you know, it's just it's it's silly. But we're gonna talk about it anyway because the White Sox are prominently featured on here. Uh, you know, from all you know, I've I've been to, to LA during a Dodgers game, you know, kind of a, a a raucous crowd there at times. Like I don't I don't believe them, along with the Giants, the two rivals being right next to each other um at the games. And also like to, to, to say that at Giants games in San Francisco, it's cheaper to drink there than in L.A. I'm not sure I'm behind that. Uh, it's you, like one drink. It's average alcohol <laughs> spend on Giants game is $25. I, if what I've heard, and I've been to San Francisco, that's one drink. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you go up the list here a little bit towards the top. Um, not too many surprises until you get to Boston, the middle of the road. Like Boston is, is typically known, and I could say this. It's just, it's like, actually, I think it was Louis C.K. who once said it. It was like, it, Boston is just Irish people beating the shit out of each other all the time. Like, that's what they do. They get drunk and they beat each other up. And I've been to a Red Sox game, and especially you're talking about Northeast. Uh, of America expensive um, but maybe that's why they only consume uh, allegedly 3.2 beers per game Uh, but I defy you to go to Fenway Park and try to uh, drink less than for Sam Adams it's literally impossible you can't do it Um, uh, other surprising uh, on the list here uh, you you go up and the Cubs are like middle of the pack. Um, yeah, I worked at yeah it's we well yeah I worked at Wrigley Field for a few years when I was a teenager. It says Cubs fans check in with three point four drinks per game, spending an average about twenty nine dollars on alcohol. Again, remember this is during the game apparently, like while watching. This isn't before or after. They've got data for some of that stuff, but you know I I've worked enough Cubs games, did crowd control in the in in the bleachers. I can tell you that this at least when they sampled this like is, is not a true indicator of of, of of real life scenario here okay i and i can tell you from someone who's gotten a beer bath at wrigley field when i went with my buddy rude uh to, to watch his reds play we got a beer bath at the end of that one after moises salu walked it off in 2004 uh this is not a crowd that's only consuming like three beers a game it's just not true yeah i i'm confused on that one it's just like cubs are synonymous with the party and either people who are answering as Cub fans were being not truthful or like it just doesn't make sense. Like Cub fans are known for the party. Wrigley is known for the party. So, yeah, I'm not going to come close to buying that. Yeah, and it's a great place to party. Like we're not knocking them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are certain days where you've you've done it where you go out there to, to a Cub game and it's just the vibe like a Friday 120. Like, you know, a few things in baseball that are better like once you're in the seat. Like getting up and getting getting concessions or you know getting going to the bathroom. Oh, it's horrendous. Um, Watching the game. <laughs> yeah, if you're sitting behind a pole, uh, yeah, and a pillar as well. Um, yeah, it's just you know it's just not accurate. I, I work there long enough and I know uh, just 
I know that's just incorrect. <laughs> I don't care what your data or data says. Uh, you go up the list here. Not many surprises. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you. The Padres is surprising to be sure. so high on this list because they are one, two, three, four, number five on the list, ranked at three point seven beers a game. With only now, you've lived here, so you can tell yes. me if three point seven beers. Uh, if $27 can get you uh, just under four beers in San Diego. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> I think so. when it comes to beer selection of the ball- ballparks that I've been to, the White Sox in San Diego have the best beer selection, and you pay a pretty pretty premium for that beer. Yes, you do. San Diego is going to be much higher than that. You're not paying $27 for three beers or almost four beers. Hell no. I wish I, rem- like, I wish I remember. Like two and a half. Yeah. Or I got- one and a half, maybe. Yeah, and you have a nice ballast point out there, and you and you'll you'll you have no problem paying the price either. You know, oh, what yeah, I mean? it's, delicious. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, a little pineapple sculpting and watching a little baseball in the summer. Oh, there's nothing better. But yeah, that that the 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 tier of beer per dollar spent ratio just doesn't seem right to me. Um, it's all it's yeah, a, and they put alcohol. No one's going to these bar ballparks and drinking anything other than probably beer as the most. A potent one. I mean, somebody might get a margarita at a Sox game. Well, what does Courtney get at a Sox game? I usually women. I don't beer. mean to generalize. Okay, she's a beer drinker. Yeah, I yeah. know a lot of gals I know like to get the frozen margaritas and other fun things like that, the cocktails, you know what I mean? So, okay. Um, but it's just funny, like a full $8 difference between San Diego and what they're spending uh, at 3.7 beers a game compared to Cleveland's 3.8 beers a game, all of a sudden it shoots up to $35 in Cleveland, which we know that's not accurate. Not at all. <laughs> it's much cheaper to drink in Cleveland. Uh, but you go up the list here, you know, uh, rounding out the top five, Padres, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Uh, it's so hot there. You have to just keep drinking. You have no other choice. So Atlanta, which I've never been to Atlanta. So I couldn't tell you what their what their fan base is like. I always associated their fan base with just almost not really there enough, and mm-hmm. definitely not that passionate since the new stadium and all that stuff. So, which brings us to number one here on the list: clearing four point two average drinks per game. None other than your Chicago White Sox. Na 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 na. Thunder. Um, Forty six dollars average spent on alcohol for. White Sox fans at the game. Congratulations, Sox fans! You may be the drunkest. Uh, you're you're drinking the most. You're spending the most. Which that I do believe, because that that actually prices out right. You know, four drinks. Like you know, what's a, what's a, a, a freshly on tap Sun Crusher there? It's like what like ten ten 12, bucks? Yeah, ten 12 or twelve, or $13. right? Thirteen dollars. Like yeah. you go up to the Craft Cave. That those beers are all obsessive of twelve dollars. Like, you're not going to get – there's very little $10 beers. Like, if you get a Modelo, maybe it's like 10 or $11. But, yeah, if you get one of those specialty beers where people are waiting in line while you're trying to get to different places, yeah, those beer stands are always packed, and the beers are always very expensive. And everybody there is like, yeah, I'm willing to pay this. This is great. We love to be at the ballpark. And the selection of Chicago White Sox beers have gone from good – to outstanding great like i think out of all the ballparks that i've been to i think only san diego is better because of just the craft uh beer thing that goes out in san diego in the whole city yeah it's a culture cultural thing yeah yeah but white Sox have rose to the challenge with food and drink that's why the ballpark is so special even though the 
you know, other stuff, the seating and all the the regular stuff like uh, the 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 stuff behind the stadium and the atmosphere is not as great as San Diego or Pittsburgh. The food and the drink are miles ahead of that. Um, just uh, finishing out a couple other metrics here. They have a couple side notes here. Biggest pre-gamers, uh, fans most likely to drink before the game starts. The Blue Jays surprisingly ranking at number one, followed by the Cardinals. Then your White Sox are right there. 67% of those fans said they were likely to drink beer before the game starts, which is something I didn't really experience until later on in, in, in my fandom is like the whole act of bouncing around uh, to like a, a pregame tailgate. Like I remember the first one, like official one I ever went to, like I had been to a couple with my dad, like where you know some, there's other guys at the game, you know, like they're tailgating. You just stop by for a quick something to eat and a, and a drink. But like the first organized tailgate I ever went to was the one that the guys at Barstool put on uh, the day that Mark Burley's uh, number was retired. And then ever since then, like I'm like looking for like a meetup before the game, you know. So maybe that's something we could do this year with the Locked On Sox listeners, score listeners, like just say what's up before a game and hang out in the lot. And then also just sneaky as you get old and you have a family, you know, you get a little more more thrifty with your cash. So you bring a little cooler of your own stuff. You can mix it up, drink exactly what you like, and have a couple before you go in. That way you're feeling nice before you go in there. You know, then you could walk it off and and uh, eat your ass off. So you kind of balance it out. But yeah, I was I. I was never really a big pre-gamer uh, until recent uh, years. What about you? No, I think that was also, let's see, yeah, probably my first real tailgate experience was that Barstool one. Um, the guy, I don't know his name, but he has a prosthetic leg. They filled up that prosthetic leg with <laughs> alcohol, mostly beer, I think, and he drank from it. It was great. It was awesome times. I forgot his name. I wish I could uh, name check him now, but he knows who he is. I hope he listens, but 4.2 average drinks per game at the game. I'm just trying to think of myself well, at a game. Yeah, I was going to like hold on to that. Hold that thought. We'll finish off the thing here. Biggest lightweight drinkers. This segues perfectly. White Sox fans top that list as well. 49% of those fans said they are most likely to have missed some or all of the game due to drinking too much. Now, this is very layered here. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know. I can tell you as a guy who goes to a game with his family, like I miss most of the game all the time because I'm going up to the concession stand and getting uh, pizza for my daughter or or Frenchy fries or a little or ice cream helmet Sunday, you know. So I'm Go no to Xfinity Zone. <laughs> oh yeah, all that stuff. So missing the game because you're drinking too much. That's that's kind of a loaded uh, way to put it, so to speak. But yeah, I forty nine percent. Like I don't unless it's just because of the lines themselves. Like I don't I don't ever associate soccer fans is fans who are just like are not paying attention to the game while they're drinking like they're so, they're the type of fans that get mad because they miss the game you know what yeah. i mean so um yeah. what's the drunk no, there's no doubt about that i i don't think white Sox fans are lightweights very seldom do i see a white Sox fan being taken by his friends or himself uh because he's inebriated and can't you know finish the game i haven't seen that except for that's why i don't like going to him opening day or Cubs games. Those are about it. Like when you get yeah. the, the fights, you get the inebriation, you get the people who are acting unruly, but on a natural, regular White Sox game, 705 start. Nah, or 710 start. Nah, we're good. I, we're all bad because we paid a uh, premium for these tickets. And we're just like, Jerry Ryan's are cheap. We want to <laughs> watch our team. And the last thing we're going to do is miss the game, especially this team. 
because we want to see the action they're going to be putting on the field. We went through those garbage years, 2007, 2010. You think we're missing games? We watched those bullshit games, sober or drunk, but we're not going to be lightweights about it. We're going to be watching it until the ninth. I got to ask you, so when was the last time, if ever, have you ever been just totally annihilated, shit-faced at, at a Sox game? Never. Yeah. I, I, I always like, say you got to be a millionaire to get drunk at a baseball game. That's what I say every time I go to a game because the, the beers are so expensive. But yeah, the same. I, I've never, I can't recall a time, even when I went, uh, when my dad and my uncles took me like for my unofficial like bachelor party where they took me to a game and we had some, some beers in the, uh, in the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, shy socks bar and grill, you know, mm-hmm. like before and after the game, you know what I mean? Like even then, like, I, I can't say like, Oh yeah, I was totally hammered at a socks game. It's just not one of my favorite things to do to be drunk at a baseball game. The only time I remember leaving a game because I was too, uh, either drunk or high was Colorado, and you remember that. Chris Smartly <laughs> took a half of the edible because you're smart. And I was like, F all that, full one. And remember, I don't take drugs that much back then. Um, and so that was like my first experience with an edible ever, and it was a Indica edible. So fifth inning, poof, friends, <laughs> I was gone. I was like – slinking down in my chair and just thought my pants were falling down even though i was sitting down the whole time and i think uh golf the same way we both had to leave i don't you guys were fine i think you guys left with us because we're party poopers because we were so fucking high but that was because of i think because of me not doing edibles ever and the altitude up there in colorado oh, oh yeah dude like I, I got sick the next day too yeah and i had to go to the bathroom really quickly <laughs> yeah i associate that trip with just like feeling not so good even though denver is an awesome place you know what that's a sneaky place i'd like to go back to uh mm-hmm. with the with the family and have a, a sober experience but yeah that was the first time like you know i i you know i'm not much into into uh drinking or drugs or whatever yeah drugs is such a bad way to put it like it's legal now so it's you know but like back then it was just like oh yeah i never had done an edible before and i was like what better place than up here with my guy joe dredge when you were up on the uh like they have like the, the the fan deck behind home plate at coors field where you have the view of the mountains and the sun was setting i was like there's never going to be a better opportunity to to have this be your first time to try something like this so that's what i did and yeah i only took a half of one and it just i remember walking back to my hotel room feeling like i was walking like on sponges <laughs> that's what i felt like and it just felt like i was like you know one of the the jesus lizard you know what i mean just like yeah. I just, just running across a water stream you know what i mean but yeah that, that was a that was a weekend man i i missed those times and hopefully uh you know we'll have more hijinks in the store uh soon here with our pittsburgh trip uh, but yeah man and we need to go back because the next day we went to do the tour which was great and awesome yeah i didn't know they had a blue moon inside of course field yeah we missed a lot brewery <laughs> we missed i would love so much. to just go back for that <laughs> just to try a couple blue moons watch the game like i said that you said the scenery from the upper deck oh it's amazing. Mm, I would great. like that. I would recommend like sometimes you rec. I recommend sitting in the upper deck in some of these parks. Like I think Coors might be one of those places, or at the very least, that other like patio area that they had in uh, in right center field. Oh yes. man! Oh, there's just- like a party going on. There's a party going on. Like it's called the you know it's close to the rock pile, but it's like think of like 
uh, a rooftop bar in Wrigleyville, but just in the middle of, of your baseball park. And it was just, it was awesome. And then you got the view of the mountains all around you. What an underrated park, man. Like it just, the, everything around it is like a plus 10 out of 10, the ballpark itself. Like I got more respect for it the next day after we took the tour, but what an experience, man. Oh, you got me, got me missing traveling, but yeah, man, that's uh that does that's our list there. I, I myself never, yeah, getting drunk at a baseball game not for me. I, I like to enjoy the game. I like to, you know, because I don't, you know, this is something that may sound like a humble brag, but Herb knows. Like when we when we're at a baseball game, we're bound to run into someone that recognizes from the score, or maybe even from weird. from this thing. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't like being like not uh, the normal version of myself in case you know. Uh, I, I run into someone, or in case we want to go see what's up, uh, say what up to Ziggy, our guy Paul Zerang up in the booth, and or DJ. You know, in the past we'd go checking on Ed and DJ, and you know, this year Len, we'll be checking in on you, Len, and uh, and right. and Benetti and and Stony and DJ. We'll be seeing you soon, but yeah, that's why we don't we don't like to go up there because we're still technically media at that point, so we like to give ourselves the flexibility of not being uh, totally half in the bag there. But uh, yeah, and speaking to that point about you know trying to stay. So- sober while you know people recognize you it's weird when people recognize you because first you're on radio and so them recognizing your face is weird i don't know if they hear our voices and they're like oh that sounds like somebody i knew familiar but while we're at colorado we're got great seats i don't know if you or jason got them they're like right behind home plate probably like 20 rows up people who sit right in front of us literally <laughs> right in front of us recognize us like Oh, Jason, Herb, what's going on? <laughs> and at this time, we're, we're all, yeah. done. We are just sitting in our chairs. Just, uh, I think about dude. those guys often, like the interaction. Yes. Like, how did they think? Did they think we were like, oh, these guys, these the score two, guys, like what yeah. jerks, you know, they're so, you know, didn't even talk too to cool us. too cool for the room. They didn't even <laughs> want to talk to us. Like, no, dude, we're, we were blasted. I hope those people are listening or their friends. Like they've told their friends, like, man, golf's a real dick. <laughs> Herb even more. He, dude didn't even talk to us. He's just like slinking in his chair. What a <laughs> douche. They left in the fifth. Pompous. I thought these guys were fans. <laughs> the yeah. White Sox were out there doing work. And literally, like our guy, Brian Gurch, we were I was up there getting Rocky Mountain oysters, which are bull testicles, I guess. Yeah, they're smashed. Yeah, the Rocky Mountain oysters are smashed up. Like when you tenderize, uh, you know, a, a piece of like chicken, chicken, yeah, for yeah. for like a chicken parm sandwich, they they tenderize and smash up the uh, bull testicle and fry them up, and they serve them with a uh, little marinara sauce. I had and some, some fries, at, yeah, yeah. I had some, uh, you know, pretty good. Like when in Rome, as they say, when in Denver, that's something you do. Uh, is you eat bull testicles? That's just I'm sorry. That's that's what you do. You, you eat your your walleye on a stick in Minnesota. Yeah. You know your Pamani brothers in Pittsburgh, and when you're in Denver, for some reason, you eat bull testicles. I don't know how they got to that point, but it's what it is. Yeah, and so I'm eating these things. I'm in line in the concession place because I grabbed them and I just started eating them, <laughs> and I see a familiar face in an unfamiliar place. It's Brian Gertz, who at that time was. I think just starting to be a video guy for us. He was an intern for us at the score for a couple um, of semesters. And then he came back and worked our video thing and currently does it again with our Twitch stream. So I see him and I'm like, I am fucked up. Why am I dreaming about Brian Gertz? Why is he here? Why Why is this my high? This is a weird high. I dream about Brian Gertz. Interns, but yeah. literally, he was there. I was like, like he showed up in the concession stand of a fifty thousand seat stadium. 
he found us. We I don't know why he was there. If somebody texted him, it's like, hey, we're over here. And he found us in this random concession stand. It's like, what's up, Herb? I was like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah, man, but he definitely – he had the better trip. Like, he, oh, yeah. he, he aced that trip because he went on to uh, do a lot of hiking. And I remember – Like, Red Rocks, too? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Like, he, he, he did the trip much better than we did. We ended up uh, watching uh, Spider-Man in the movie theater, just, like, too hungover to do anything. I wanted to hit one more brewery, but you're in the, one of the great features this country has in the Rocky oh. Mountains, and we're just in a movie theater, but uh, yeah. So Gert- many fucked up things about that whole <laughs> situation, and actually, they worked out in our favor. I mean, Joe Dredge, who worked for the score for a little bit, just being plastered, and what, got his wallet returned? You got it back from him? His cell phone, so we're at oh, the we're, we're at the bar, and um, you know, uh, I'm call- like, we're looking for Dredge, because Dredge has a tendency to, uh, to just yes. wander off on you. And we, when you're in a foreign land, like you got to make sure all your people are accounted for, you know, uh, because he was already gone at that point. But I remember calling Dredge's phone and some guy answered it. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, uh, this is my buddy Joe's phone. And I, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty messed up at this point myself. And I'm like, this is my buddy Joe's phone. Can you bring it back here? I'll give you 20 bucks. <laughs> And so here comes this guy uh, in one of those uh, rickshaws, like you know the bicycles with the with the cart behind it, whatever you call it. Like he was, that was his gig. And my, I guess Dredge left it in his little rickshaw, and the guy brought it back, and I duked him twenty bucks, and that was the end of it. And then the next morning, like Joe's like, "How'd I get my phone back?" I was like, "Yeah, I had to pay a guy to give it <laughs> to give it yeah, back." You told me that story the next day, <laughs> but when I got back to, we were staying in an Airbnb. Me. Dredge and a friend named Morgan stay in this Airbnb. So there's three settings. Dredge got the big room. And so we get into the uh, Airbnb and I go to the balcony just to you know see the scenery of Coors and the rest of downtown Denver. And I look over into the room. Dredge has a big, huge, like king size bed. He is literally on the ground sleeping, <laughs> just snoring his ass off, <laughs> sleeping. Then, you know, Two, three hours go by. I'm on the couch, the let out couch. And so I go, you know, to the bathroom just to make sure, you know, I had to go to the bathroom. And then I look over to Dredge's room and finally he's on the bed, but he's like at the foot of the bed. And it's weird. He doesn't have any covers on. I'm like, God damn, dude. Like he is really <laughs> effed up. I don't know if it was the altitude or he really did all that stuff and he was just gone. And then next morning, you know, he maybe was like hungover, nothing. but like it didn't seem like he wasn't dead. Yeah, like, like he should have been. Hey, you like having your phone? Uh, I, I paid to get it back. Oh yeah, oh thanks, buddy. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're welcome. <laughs> and then, some, and then the thing at the end, I don't want to you know put the man on blast, but somebody <laughs> in our group had uh, some stuff oh, from yeah. Colorado <laughs> uh, that wasn't illegal. That wasn't legal in Illinois as yet. So we're going back to Illinois via the airport, Colorado airport or Denver airport, and forgot that he had it in his hands. And luckily for him, it's not like those things that you do at O'Hare where it's a thing that swipes. It was just a wand type of thing. It was like a, it was like the trust game. It was yeah. <laughs> of if yeah. you if you have weed on you. <laughs> like, you know, we, we had it in his hand in his bare hand and they didn't check it. That man went through and got in the plane and was smooth about it. Like I was like, damn. Like that's I didn't bring any back because I that's what I was scared of. Like I was gonna get caught. Yeah. I was gonna be thrown in jail. 
Like uh, my mom had to come to Denver to bail me out for some minor. <laughs> yeah. I, I played all those situations out of my head too. Like, oh God, my wife and my young daughter are going to have to come and get me out of, out of a Denver airport prison. That's why it wasn't. Yeah, it was, that, that was amazing. That was like the honor system, like of, of marijuana laws in Denver. But, uh, what a, what a time. Uh, look at us, man. We're already out of time here. We'll be back. We'll put a bow on this thing after this on lockdown white Sox. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long daily fantasy, dynasty leagues, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herb, that's it for us been another fun week here on locked on white Sox. we'll get some other fun stuff on monday when we do the mailbag locked on socks at gmail.com but we've got an interesting week ahead of us here we're doing al central previews this week Mm -hmm. i cannot wait it's going to be very fun to talk to some guys like our guy chris castellani who is the, the locked on tigers guy i talked to about nash walker he is the locked on twins guy don't necessarily know who the royals or indians person is as yet I don't even know if they have an Indians person as yet. I there at least their website doesn't say this. So so I'm looking. It's just the to guy who it's just the guy who beats the drum at Progressive Field. He does that for 25 like we minutes talk every day. Yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of weight since his initial time when he was doing like in the 90s. The man's you know slim down a little bit yeah so it'll be a fun week breaking down the al central rivalries and uh i think we're 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 only going to talk to the locked on royals people about uh about richard lovelady we're going to ask about him uh, for 25 minutes and we'll see where we're at at the end of it see if we know more about our guy richard lovelady who got the win uh in wednesday night's uh cactus league game against the Sox. but yeah looking forward to it as we get closer we're inching closer here to the regular season but uh that's all i got tonight herbie and i wish you guys uh, have a great weekend happy friday and i like this episode it's a good episode to end the week on right here indeed chris Tannehill will be found at chris Tannehill on twitter you can follow him on instagram he's there too me herb lawrence ecknerwall 23 is my handle on twitter i am on instagram it's herb lawrence and our show is locked on socks you can find us on instagram twitter and on youtube go there right now subscribe because we're giving away prize packs for every hundredth subscriber we're giving away one prize back to a lucky subscriber of our youtube channel so for chris Tannehill, my name is herb lawrence thank you for joining us on this friday edition have a great weekend on locked on socks